As has been my custom with all of these nuggets so far, the opening piece you just heard obviously wasn't written by Goldsmith. It's been covered so many times, I'm sure you recognize it as Killing Me Softly, the sole standard written by composer Charles Fox and lyricist Norman Gimbel. It actually is from the concert I'm about to review, and I'll soon get to why. But first, I want to give you a brief update on my journey through James T. Farrell's Studs Lonigan. On the last nugget, I gushed about how beautifully written and morbidly funny it was. Well, I'm now more than halfway through the middle book of the trilogy, and I've spent so much time with Studs that his self-delusion and gradual self-destruction are no longer funny to me. They would be tragic, though, if at this point in the book, Studs hadn't committed and gotten away with several truly disturbing hate crimes, so that it's simply impossible to feel any kind of empathy for him or want to spend any more time with him except to compare the source text to the adaptation. It's pretty much my sole motivation at this point to continue. So far, Lucy Scanlon has had an even tinier part in the book than in the film, and the key scenes of her and Studs at the prom or at the circus do not occur in the book at all. Studs also signs on as a painter with his old man right away and doesn't audition to be a gangster or take saxophone lessons. The high school teacher he has a relationship with also hasn't made an appearance even though I'm long past the point in the books where she should have. So if you were wondering how closely Studs the movie follows Studs the book, then the answer is barely at all. My progress through this trilogy is getting slower and slower, to the point where I'm alternating with other books. But if I do ever finish them, I'll have some kind of wrap-up for you. This has been your Studs Lonigan update, and now onward to the meat of the show. In 2003... Jerry Goldsmith was slated to conduct a concert of his music on the 13th of March in Yokohama, Japan, with the Kanagawa Philharmonic Orchestra, whom you may remember from the Hollywood Symphonic Spectacular album that I reviewed previously. That album sounded impressive, despite a few flubs, but their follow-up, featuring the music of John Williams, was much shakier. Still, they've done great work before and continue to do great work today, and with Jerry as a conductor, you know he would have whipped them into shape. Unfortunately, as the concert approached, Jerry grew too sick from cancer to conduct it and asked his friend Charles Fox to step in, practically at the last minute. Charles Fox is a composer whose work I greatly admire. He's a giant of television. He did the themes and hundreds of episode scores for The Love Boat, which is a childhood staple of mine, but also Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. And my favorite film scores of his are the ever-groovy earworm collection Barbarella and Victory at Entebbe, which is just so gorgeous and lush and heroic, I've just got to play an excerpt for you.
remember reading about this replacement of conductors at the time, and it being the first time that I realized that there was something seriously wrong with Jerry. From reading film music groups and message boards, my impression was that this is when we all collectively started to worry that we might lose him soon, though of course hoping for the best. Charles Fox wrote about this favor that he did for Jerry in his memoir, Killing Me Softly, My Life in Music, and he also talked about it at the unveiling of Jerry's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Several times in the last few years of his life, Jerry had concerts that he would conduct of his own music that he wasn't able to do, wasn't feeling well enough, and several times he asked me to conduct for him, which would, um, not only my pleasure, but my great honor. One time I conducted a couple of concerts back-to-back in Tokyo and Yokohama in Japan with the Kanagawa Philharmonic with a, a chorus of 100 voices. And um, one of the pieces we did was the Omen score. I think it was the first time the Omen score was ever done live with an orchestra. That was, of course, his Oscar, great Oscar-winning score. So, you know, it's one thing to hear someone's music and be moved by it and feel the intensity of it, especially as we sit in a darkened theater being taken over by the great effect of that film. But it's another to study the scores of a great composer and truly see what makes them so rich with expression, as I had the great pleasure to do. After one of those concerts, a man came over to me with his young daughter, and she said to me, Scary music. It was truly scary, but also it was supposed to be. But it was also great and profound 
music, as so much of Jerry's music was. This is indeed a great and memorable day for a man, to commemorate a man who left so much of himself and his great music for all of us to appreciate, to enjoy, and to be continually moved by. It's a great honor for me to speak on his behalf. Thank you, my dear Carol. One very important thing to note about this concert is that, unlike Free as the Wind and Hollywood Symphonic Spectacular, it wasn't commercially released. I'm not sure if this was one of the KPO's promotional CDs, since they printed a few that are now insanely rare and expensive, or if some enterprising sound engineer simply saved the recording off the concert hall soundboard and leaked it. By the way, if any of you wonderful listeners have those promos where Jerry's actually conducting, and they're supposedly one with the Oscar fanfare that I covet the most, I would greatly appreciate if you could get in touch. Mail at goldsmithodyssey.com. Anyway, the best thing by far about this concert is the programming itself. The curation is simply mwah. The concert begins with Jerry's final Star Trek theme for Nemesis and ends with his first for the motion picture. Adjacent to both Trek themes are lengthier cross-sections from two military scores on opposite ends of Jerry's career, The Last Castle and Patton. The old staple, the motion picture suite, goes smack dab in the middle, and the rest is filled out by exactly the kind of rare Goldsmith selections from each end of his long career that you desperately want to hear in concert. There's the three operatic pieces for The Illustrated Man, The Sum of Our Fears, and The Omen, and nearer to the end, a suite from The Edge, and his score for the Disney ride Soarin' Over California, with Charles Fox's most famous piece ever thrown in as an encore, naturally. The five patent cues are arranged as a mirror image of the four last castle cues. So it's a true journey through Jerry's artistic development that then Uroboros-like loops back around on itself. But these last castle cues are what drew me to the concert to begin with. I mean, you can hear a bunch of versions of the motion picture suite and a bunch of different recordings, and there's no real reason to go for any recording of that other than the two that Jerry made in 1989 and 2001, respectively. But something like this, this could have the potential to be really special in a live setting if done well. This is Taking Command.
I saw Jerry Goldsmith twice in concert at the Barbican in 2001, the year that he wrote The Last Castle. And man, did I ever wish that he played cues like this. Those were amazing concerts, don't get me wrong. They are among my most precious memories. But I remember thinking even at the time, just how much I wish he'd do some action music. Maybe he thought there wasn't an audience appetite for it. Maybe he thought it was too hard to prepare for a live show. But one thing is certain, without him, the KSO is not doing full justice to The Last Castle. Although, when they're doing the slower dramatic cues from The Last Castle, involving the main theme, they're on much safer ground. Alright, so the recording quality in this next cue is a bit iffy, with clicks and some audience noise, but I have to play it anyway, because whoever the singer is on The Illustrated Man, I love her. Her interpretation of Goldsmith here reminds me so much of the vocal style in Shoji Meguro's work, which is fascinating, because The Illustrated Man has always struck me as the most Meguro-like work of Goldsmith's. Look, I'll prove it to you. Before I play Illustrated Man, I'm going to play you a bit of The Poem for Everyone's Souls from the Persona series of Japanese role-playing games. (laughs) 
So you've committed that to your head. Okay, and now here's the concert version in question of the theme from the Illustrated Man. So am I crazy, or is there something there with the Meguro comparison? I don't know. I just enjoy thinking that Jerry's influential in Japan, and that that's why you have things like the Japan-exclusive Jerry's Recall compilation album, 
or the reincarnation of Peter Proud vinyl single, which for decades was the only commercial release of anything from that score, or even concerts containing Taking Command. Though, if this was the direction that Jerry was taking his concerts in any way in the mid-2000s, then that only makes me sadder that he didn't do any more of them, because these are the selections that I'm here for. For example, here's more of that wonderful singer doing a wonderful job with the mission from The Sum of All Fears. Thank you. 
Now, I'm not going to play a ton more. I mean, the Omen is quite good, more like the original score than the version the KSO previously recorded for Hollywood Symphonic Spectacular. And then their performance quality throughout the motion picture suite goes up and down relative to the difficulty of each piece. But the Edge suite is by far the most solid. It's too long to play in full, but I feel I'd be doing the KSO at this service if I didn't at least give the finale a substantial airing.
Overall, I would give this concert a 7.5 out of 10. I feel much better about it than I did Free as the Wind, and I'm more inclined to give it a pass because I know that last minute replacements can be challenging. And Charles Fox did the best he could for Jerry and for Jerry's legacy, which is the most that any of us can say really, and it's mostly good and I enjoy listening to it. The last thing I want to play for you all, and in full, is Soaring Over California. If this is the first time that you're hearing this piece, then I apologize, because it's not ideal, it's not perfect. There are brass flubs, there's a really noticeable brass flub at one point, right in the middle, but it's still one of my favorite cues of Jerry's, and the joy of it, I feel, comes through regardless of the imperfections. More orchestras should play this piece live, in my opinion. (laughs) 